I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. One support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Emerson! Oh, right. Three, two, one. Welcome back to the Bora Breakdown podcast with me, Johnny Dana. And we've been joined again by the most electrifying man in the fanzine entertainment, Tom Green, um, as Elliot is unable to take part in one of our last podcasts of the season. Um, just a quick disclaimer, this probably isn't the last podcast we're going to be doing. Um, we'll be doing podcasts throughout the summer um, with some guests and some transfer updates. And, you know, just because just just we can, really. Um, there's no real like reason behind it, but we're just going to do it anyway. Um, kick things off. The season's just finished, Dana. Um We've seen British Amber longer score. We've seen John O'Mikel score his second goal in English football after 200-something games. We've seen British Amber longer hit a corner flag from a shot from six yards out. Um, do you think it was a good performance, though, Mills? We did what they had to do, essentially. They had to win the game, and the pretty much job done, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was just a shame that um, you know we couldn't <laughs> West Brom couldn't do us a favour. But, yeah, it was very much a case of job done. And I think we kind of ambled a little bit at the beginning, I think. Felt as though you know we maybe nerves played a part. I'm not sure, but I think as soon as we got that first goal, we kind of um, went on to. I think it was pretty much job done after that because Rotherham were pretty much down and out. Weren't they? Mm, yeah, they pretty much were. Tom, um, were you surprised a little bit in terms of how like attacking Mills were set up in, in that game? Uh, no, <laughs> not really. I mean, it was the, the same <laughs> the same team we've uh, <laughs> we've been playing with our right centre backs, but uh, <laughs> um, no. Generally thought uh, it was how I expected us to set up, and uh, I know I mentioned last week I was uh, a little bit worried after hearing what the the Rotherham manager had said and trying to g his players up a little bit. Um, so they're definitely going to give it their all um, for the first part. I only listened to it on the radio, but for the first twenty minutes uh, or so, I think um, it was sounding like it was kind of one way traffic for Rotherham. Um, and then, um, like Dana said, as soon as we got the first goal, it was kind of business as usual for us, I think. Mm, now, now, obviously, that the season's done now, it's completed. Um, did you have any optimism a little bit when, when West Brom scored? Do you think, oh, it's, it's actually happening a little bit? I had a get massive keyboard smash of just yes and then a load of letters. Yeah. 
and then I just knew I, I just felt like that was that was too early if that had happened in like I don't know 10 minutes to go then yeah we probably would have maybe they would have seen it out but I just had a feeling after that now this is it's too early and Derby are going to come back and unfortunately you know that was never a penalty yeah. um, Tom Lawrence dived um, and I mean it's just a shame that that's kind of what took it out of Borough's hands that decision which shouldn't have gone Derby's way yeah. I think that, to be honest with you, to be in that position that we were in we should have well in December and January, we should have never been in that position anyway to wait on like someone else's result to get a playoff position. I think the way we fell away towards this, the back end of the season has been quite, quite poor, really. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I think um, for a lot of what Pulis was saying when he was like, we've not been at the playoffs since since we've been here. It really reminded me of that season we were in the Premier League and Kranka kept saying we've not been in the bottom three all season and he was saying that in March. Like, it's not when it matters though. It's uh, I don't know. It's just not worth saying really. I think, I think it was, to be honest, I think before I leave Rotherham and go on to like the actual season review part, I think I actually thought it was a, a genuine good performance in the end. I thought we played quite good stuff when we were like attacking I'm not pretty sure we had to sit in for a few periods of the game which we've been doing anyway for the majority of the season but it was um, good to run off it was professional we did everything that we had to do so it was like, kind of like there's no stolen left unturned so it was just kind of that is the right term isn't it I've said that right I hope so anyway but if I haven't now I don't care um, but in terms of like the actual season itself 7th place um, Tony Pulis said that finishing 7th this season was better than finishing 5th last year <sighs> To make of that what you will, but how do you see Millsbury's season in general, Dan? Do you think it's been a success or a failure? Um, I think, given the context of it, and that we were in and around the top six for the majority of it, um, it has to be classed as a failure because we gave ourselves a really good kind of uh, opportunity to really kind of cement our place in the playoffs. And then I think post January, I don't know, we went, we completely went off the ball, and I think our kind of frailties really came to the fore and then you know not strengthening in January kind of curtailed our season a little bit and I mean like you just mentioned as soon as you have to rely on other teams to kind of do you a favour and you know basically hand you success or a chance for success then you kind of ask him for trouble really because I mean although Swansea kind of did do us a favour uh, midweek you can't expect that to happen again you know, you really need to kind of take care of your own business and Borough just haven't really done that this season. In, in a different perspective though, it's, we haven't had wingers for all, well, we have had wingers, we've had Van Lepara and Tav um, Downing, but they haven't really been playing and Pulis hasn't played them. Do you think, Tom, do you think like, Millsbury's like, defensive outlook, do you think that's really like stung them in the end? It, hasn't, it, hasn't, it kind of came back to haunt them a little bit, being a bit too defensive. I think... Uh, potentially, yeah. Um, obviously, at the start of the season, um, I think it was when we when we played Sheffield United. You kind of like looked at our um, the way we were setting up and thinking it, it is still quite defensive. But I think also it's it's helped us in a way helped helped us kind of keep up the top end of the table as well. Um, we've been quite solid. We haven't conceded many unless we've been playing Villa. Um, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but on, on the other hand, it, it's pretty hard to create chances and, and score when you when you're playing like that. And see, Asambolong is not putting away the the one chance a game he gets. He uh, gets a bit of criticism as well. So it's uh, I don't know. I think there's, there's pros and cons to the defensive approach, but it's uh, you need to be a more complete team than that to to get into the playoffs or the automatic places. I think. 
I think what annoyed me the most was um, you, you mentioned the villa, and when we went to Villa Park, we got absolutely torn to shreds by them. And then I think the next away game was against Swansea, we set up the exact same way. Yep. And I think Neil Madison said it on BBC TV. You, you just couldn't understand why we we kind of set up like that <coughs> um, and played the exact same way as Villa. I mean, if you kind of don't change it and you, you kind of stick with that kind of like formation and, and tactics and setup, you're kind of asking for trouble again. Even though it's against a different team. I mean, if they've got the players to really kind of get at you, then they will. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't understand that for for me. Yeah, I think the way we've finished finished seventh, I think it's actually a blessing in disguise, really. Um, I think if we finish fifth, oh, sorry, well, finish sixth in the end, I think it would have been, it would have been good to like have the, the the excitement there. You play in Leeds, it's a full, it'd be, probably be a full house, be a full house at Ellen Road as well, and you could do one over over Leeds. And when I'd be beating Leeds, it's always a great occasion anyway, because to see them completely implode is <laughs> is very very satisfying. But I think if we were to play any other good teams um, we would have been got annihilated it would have been probably more demoralising and the season would have fizzled out even worse um, and people would have hated Pulis even more I don't even think it's possible but a lot of people have to turn completely now um, but what I was quite was quite shocked by was like Pulis comments saying finishing 7th is, is better than finishing 5th well we've scored less goals in Previous year, I think we've conceded. I think we've conceded less, which is, I mean, you're bound when you've got eight at the back. Um, we're not in the playoff picture, you know. You've, you've, lo- we've lost players. We're not attacking. We're not entertaining anyone. The fans aren't on side anymore. So how is that a better position? You know, I think it's success that financially the club might be in a better place. And and if they are, fantastic. That's that's exactly what you want to be. You don't want to be like Bolton. You don't want to be. Like in administration now, you want to have good financial backing. You want to be fine tuned, and you want to like kickstart again for the next season. Um, but Tony Pulis saw his his contracts pretty much running out now. Well, we so we think it's running out. There is the rumor of him potentially renewing his contract. Remember that you I think you tell me today, Tom, uh, at lunch that you see someone on one where he's give out some plans for next yeah. season. Um, which <coughs> could be a little bit worrying for a lot, number of fans. But do you think Steve Gibson will actually give Pulis another contract? Uh, um, I, I reckon potentially he could. Um, probably another short term one. But um, when when you, I, I was thinking about this earlier. How many kind of seasons on like how many weeks under Southgate were we doing badly and think right we've got to get rid now if we're staying in the the Premier League and he just didn't act on it and kind of stuck with him um, I mean it's been the same with uh, with other managers as well I think uh, there were definitely some points with Mowbray where that was the case as well um, I mean he, he's got a history of, of sticking by managers um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he gave him an extension even if it is only a, a very short term one yep. uh, would you be happy with the extension then if he, if he was to be on one just flat answer no um, I think it would kind of dem- it would be demoralising for I think the fan morale really because I think a lot of Borough fans if not the majority of Borough fans just don't like him and I don't think that will change um, the only thing that probably will change that is success but I still don't think that people would necessarily warm to Tony Pulis as much um, I think if Steve Gibson kind of does give him an, a contract extension it would I, I don't know I don't think many fans would be happy with that and I suppose as a as an owner you have to think about the club but you've also got to think about the fan base as well and the reaction to it and I just don't think it would be, be a very good one yeah well it's kind of the perspective of okay Tony Pierce might, might save you a little bit of cash you know what I mean 
Um, but there's two other elements which I think which might play a massive factor in Tony Pulis staying. I think one is the crowd. You're gonna you could potentially lose five or six thousand fans just like not turning up just because they don't want to see Tony <coughs> Pulis manager. Um, even if we are successful, I don't think they'll get them coming back because it, it kind of brings the element of well, if you're listening to your supporters who will actually help run the club as well as you, it's just like well, if you don't listen to them, then why should, they're not going to feel listened to, and then they're going to not want to turn up essentially. Uh, but also like a player perspective as well. When I've played, I appreciate like it's, it's I play like a really top level. I've played Northern League at best, but it's like when you're playing for like a manager who plays really like poor football, it's so like demoralising to like play every week. And don't get me wrong, like, if you're a footballer, everyone says, "Oh yeah, it's great and stuff." But it's like every other job, like there's some days where you put it up and you can't. You're a bit, I come in, like, you come into work one day, you think, oh, "I can't wait to be asked today." But then there'll be some days where you're absolutely electric. Um, footballers are exactly the same, and it's all with the manager as well. If you've got a good manager in place who, you know, cares about you and actually like, tries to excite you a little bit, you're probably willing to do more. But I think it got to a point where the players were just like, oh, "I can't even be asked for Tony anymore." Like all we're doing is defending for like 80, 80 90 minutes of a game. It's it's pointless. If you John Alban Mikel, I think I mentioned this in the last podcast. The only time you're getting a ball is if the opposition like give it up. Um, because if John Alban gets a ball, he looks up, he has to pass it back, hoofed up the pitch. Sambalonga, Sambalonga doesn't get it. He gets hoofed, he gets there, there for a while. We're like all past the halfway line. We're all defending again. Hoof over you again. Oh, oh you might have got the ball from an exceptional line. Pass it sideways. You're not, not doing anything, you just do the same thing over and over again. You're not getting an outlet at all. Like Besic, like the only reason why he's been doing those like hundred Cruyff turns and going around in circles is because no one's giving him the outlet. So it's <coughs> the good old Besic pirouette. Yeah, Besic pirouette. But I think he's like the modern day Adam Forshaw for us, isn't he? <laughs> he actually is, yeah. But we, we really didn't get rid of Adam Forshaw, did we? We just replaced him with the exact same. A tattooed Serbian version. <laughs> a Bosnian version, but it's like. I don't think the players enjoy playing for Tony Pillis and I probably wouldn't either. Uh, like the way I set up, especially when I like manage teams, is just more or less try the possession. That's the possession side of things. Actually, try to enjoy it rather than okay, that obviously it's kids football. It's like more or less of like you enjoy it and keep the ball. It's much better than absolutely hoofing it along and being direct all the time. Yeah, it might get with the pitch a little bit quicker, but if you don't want the players to to play that system, then it's absolutely pointless. Um, I think that might be a reason why we didn't, uh, or one of the reasons even why we didn't sign any uh, well anyone of note apart from Van Lepara. Um, we may as well not have signed him anyway in the end um, in January because obviously there's kind of the financial uh, standpoint of it but also is Tony Pulis really a pull for it for any yeah. player that kind of wants to come I mean we were after was it Josh Murphy or Jacob Murphy uh, I'm getting them both mixed up Jacob Murphy Jacob Ah, tomato yeah one of the <laughs> Murphys um, we were after one of them and, and obviously went to West Brom in the end and I really don't blame him because under Darren Moore at West Brom there's there's better players it's a better team better style of play arguably um, or certainly better than Pulis anyway um, and then you've got Tony Pulis that you know barely plays wingers anyway plays centre-backs at full-back it's all about height and ironically enough I mean did you read the, the article in the Gazette I think we've scored like two free kicks so two set pieces yeah. all season the championship or something like that um, I'm surprised Tony Pulis didn't implode at like uh, Trent Alexander Alexander Arnold's corner last night. Like just a set piece, he just completely combusted. To feet as well. <laughs> yeah, to feet. <laughs> How dare you! <laughs> and I see like when Arnold's like turned and stuff, I was like, oh, Tony's not gonna like this. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it, for a, for a team that should pride themselves and a manager that should pride himself on set pieces? How we're so 
poor at them. Mm. I, I just can't deal with it. Like, I've never understood this season why we are so bad at set pieces. I thought we were bad with Grand Lightbitter taking them. I mean, me and my dad always joke about how they never get past the first man, but they seem to be worse this season. And it's just like, if you're a player, do you want to play for a team like that? I don't. I think I think the answer is clear. It's an all. Yeah. Um, well, if Tony doesn't go, uh, well, if he sorry, if he does go, um, there is a few managers out there, um, and I kind of want to hear your <coughs> opinions on it a little bit because. They're all everyone wants that that new young manager now, and I think they get. I think we we've been saying it for weeks, and the Gazette's just jumped on it now in terms of like the, um, or Mills. We should probably look at this like new era of management coming through. But I'd be interested to see like who would be your like picks to to bring in if like more like, realistic picks, um, if you could actually pick a manager to replace Tony Pulis. Who would like to go first? I can go first if need be. I mean, it gives me more time to think. Okay, uh, okay. Um, well, I put the tweet out anyway, and I, I would. I want to go down that experience route a little bit more, um, and I want to. I want to go with Slav and Milic a little bit, and the reason why I want to go with Slav is yeah, I appreciate he's very laid back, and like some of our players need a massive kick up the ass because like some of them just saw like we just need that shock because um, we're I feel like we're a bit too comfortable, but uh, too comfortable at the moment. I think Slav. Would just be like a good name to bring in. He's, he was manager of Croatia. Uh, he did very well at West Ham for a, a good degree, uh, for a good period of time. Um, he's got a good, like he's got a good coaching ability. And every time I listen to him, I'm like, like as an analyst, I just, I'm always impressed by him. Uh, obviously, you know, like analyst and coach is two completely different things. But I be, I think Slavovic would be my pick. I think it's, I think it's quite realistic too. But whether you get him. I don't know. I'd probably end up at Celtic or something like that. But I'm like, no, it's, um, I'm it's a good, it's a good pick. I mean, a lot of people are going for Yukanovic, but we've mentioned so many times in this podcast that we don't have a players for, <coughs> we don't have players for Yukanovic. Um, but yeah, it's a good pick. I mean, mine is completely different. It's the opposite of that. I've gone down the Aitor Karanka route again with Mikel Arteta. I know a few people have kind of mentioned that. Um, but I mean, I, I kind of want to. I kind of want Borough to go for like a number two again, and you know yeah. how I talk. Rank was kind of coached under, um, you know, the, the kind of pe- uh, Jose Mourinho philosophy. You've got Mikel Arteta with the best manager in the world, Pep Guardiola, and I think there's that kind of connection that we can have with Man, Man City as well. We've got some really good youngsters coming through, so we could use that to our advantage as well. And I'd just love to see a, a kind of project manager again like I talk Ranker because that was the best period of Borough's recent history well he turned down the Arsenal job of this last season well start the season so it's like is it realistic to get like Arteta well it could be like um, I suppose it depends on why he yeah. turned Arsenal down maybe he kind of feels like it's too early and if so then it probably means that you know it's a kind of smaller job maybe that he yeah. wants to go for first and, and if that's the case then I think Borough's the perfect club for him Tom? I'll be totally honest, I was also going to say Mikel Arteta uh, for pretty much the same reason. It is a Karanka style appointment he's been learning under uh, Pep Guardiola, and I think although he's inexperienced, I'm hoping kind of what he's learned um, in the last last couple of years, it would probably serve him well uh, in his first job as a manager. Um, obviously, if, if he's turned Arsenal down and come to Borough and understand that because why yeah. would you want to go to Arsenal when you come to Borough but, exactly. uh, yeah, we have the Palmer yeah exactly there's no Palmer's in London yeah, exactly. we have the oh, there might be I don't know we Transport Bridge we've got Riverside Stadium we've Temenos got... Temenos yeah <laughs> we're Empire 
players. <laughs> got two side journey. Well, what more do you want? You know what I mean? Got the star. Uh, Dickens for, for a night out, yeah. You want to have a party on the roof? Exactly. Go for it. Exactly. Get Adam Farshaw back. Get One Direction. Tri- yeah, tri- tribute band. One Direction. What more do you want? Um, but no, it's, he's, he's a very, very good shout, Begarlata. And I'd be very, very <coughs> impressed if you got him. But there's obviously names being mentioned. Michael Reisiger was mentioned. Uh, he's currently at Ajax's B team. Um, you've also got the Cowley Brothers as well that are all, I think they're all Lincoln. Um, but. You know, there's there's names thrown about there. A lot of people like kind of after after that type of appointment. But fair enough. Would you would you look into those set of managers, or would you, yeah. you, you have your heart set on Mikelata? I mean, my heart's set on Karanka, but I'll take Mikelata. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's perfect for a, a kind of project manager um, because I think it's clear that Borough need to rebuild, and it, obviously it takes time and. Um, I certainly don't expect us to be up there again next season. Maybe we could kind of sneak playoffs, but um, no, I think it's if there was a time for an inexperienced manager, it's probably now, so that you can kind of give them the the time and the I don't know, give them the the time to really bed in and, and get Borough to where they need to be. I know you mentioned I there. Do you actually want him back? Just, just for curiosity. Uh, be honest, it's just the good memories. It's uh, it's all the good times from a few years ago. I'd love to have them back or a similar style of football. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll watch pretty much every week the uh, the highlights of like the, the Brentford games on uh, on YouTube or some of the always being suggested videos. I'll give that a watch. But it's, it's the, the uh, week, yeah. <laughs> when we finished the podcast, we thought, oh, you know what, I'm gonna watch this highlight while the podcast was like uploading on the SoundCloud and like iTunes and stuff like that. And we thought, you know what? We're going to tweet Keith. We're going to message Keith Gay. Yeah, he got back to us and gave us like hearts and saying how much he loves us. I was like, oh, thank Brilliant you, thank you, Keith Gay. So, Keith Gay, if you listen, I'm going to cry. You. I miss Keith. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's four years ago today, or three years ago today, where we beat Brentford in the first leg of the playoffs. Yeah. Popped up on my Facebook this morning that I tweeted the helicopter strikes again after he'd uh, <laughs> after he scored that header. So that's not that stuff that I want to remember popping up on my Facebook <laughs> memories. <laughs> Nah, to be fair, a hundred re- hundred retweets and we'll sign Kike back. Uh, <laughs> free Kike. Free hashtag free Kike. Uh, but no, nah, it, it, it's interesting to see, and it's interesting to see like what type of players we'll bring in next season. Because <coughs> realistically, Millsbury need an apps a massive clear out. Yeah. Um, Timmy's obviously going, um, unfortunately. Um, he's going to focus on the restaurant now. Um, Downing's well, he's gone. He's, I, I, I don't think I don't know if Downing get a contract. I, I really don't think if he might potentially go to Sunderland um, or Hull or somewhere like that but I can't see him getting a contract John O'Mikel I can't even see as a fond as wage I think he's on like, he was on like 50 grand a week wage, like wage plus like another 10 grand if we won I wonder what his, his score bonus, goal bonus would be Jesus Christ I wonder if I like, just put him in there for like a banner <laughs> we'll, give you, we'll give you 6 million if you score one goal John Obi. you're not pass, allowed past the halfway line but you know what 6 million all yours <laughs> Tony Pillars after he's just got oh, <laughs> I hope we get promoted now. Um, but no, there's the Gazette released a lot of um, names uh, on Twitter uh, earlier today, and there was some that I picked up on. Uh, but I was going to get the list up. Uh, there's some players that I've mentioned, and I'm, I'm interested to see what type of players that you kind of want. So uh, it was Jason Lutweiler I picked up because we need a second keeper. Uh, Josh Feller, he's because you know we need more centre midfielders. Um, there's Will Buckley there's Odebanjo um, Brentford there's Jan Barbe 
there's also Nick Powell at Wigan. Um, there's also Raheem Harper. Okay, set the mid, but I like Raheem Harper. I think he's a very, very good talent. Uh, James Morrison. There's Gareth Barry if you want him. Wilfred Borney, Leroy Fur, uh, Luciano Narsing, Martin Olsen, Wade Routledge, uh, Mike DeHorn at, uh, at Swansea. There's a lot of names out there. Is there anyone that you would like like to look at and potentially get in? I've got Odebajo and uh, Nick Powell on my list. <clears throat> and as well, going down the league, Marcus Madison's out of contract as well, I believe, at Peterborough. Um, I think he scored eight goals and got uh, 16 assists uh, last season. He's an attacking midfielder. I think if whoever comes in, if they go with that 4-2-3-1 again, um, or if Tony Pulis stays and somehow decides that he wants to play 4-2-3-1, which is probably never going to happen, but whatever. <laughs> I think we need to play uh, an 8-2 formation, please. 8-2, <laughs> like eight defenders and two centimetres so no striker no striker nah, nah. I mean Spain won the World Cup with no striker didn't they or the Euros or something oh, oh yeah I mean that's what you could say yeah that's probably what he has been saying <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm really surprised he hasn't come out and said that in press conferences but uh, yeah there are three players there that are out of contract um, that I'd like to see I've got quite a few are we going through a list of <coughs> potential signings if, if you want to do that yeah I've go for it the whole shebang. go for go, um, whole shebang uh, one that I don't think I've seen anybody mention but he was in the League 2 team of the year granted this is League 2 a lot of people kind of roll their eyes at that but you know, there's quite a few play- a good few players from there um, Harry Toffolo he's a left back um, saw on his Wikipedia page that he's he kind of he, he says that he likes to get forward a lot and he's kind of perfect for a wing back role if that's what we're going for um, it could be one I mean we do need left back George Friend should have left him in 2015 but, <laughs> but, <laughs> just did a transit <laughs> <laughs> um, you know we need uh, another uh, right back as well you've got Reese James at Chelsea I think I don't know will Chelsea kind of loan him out to a championship team again probably not but I think if if they do then the opportunity is there to go and get him he's in championship team of the year Wigan's player of the year and players player of the year Knudsen as well Ipswich left yeah, back yeah he's out of contract as well isn't he yeah um, good long throw but, you know, he does <laughs> probably he, better than right and shot he does he has a great <laughs> get him in yeah. you've got uh, if we want like well we do need wingers you've got Patrick Roberts um, I think if Mikel Arteta comes in you could use that Manchester City connection to get him he had a you know he struggled at Girona but had a really good um, uh, season at Celtic before that you've got Ryan Kent will he kind of come to Borough or will he sign for Rangers I'm, he'd probably end up at Rangers but I mean there's an option there um, if we don't get Ryan Kent I know we have been in for him before then there's Jamal Law who has been linked with us yeah. um, 15 goals this season for Portsmouth you've got Marcus Madison as well in the same league I mentioned he's got 8 goals and 16 assists and he's out of contract and then you've got Nick Powell as well um, who's also out of contract Hey, take your pick uh, one of the names mentioned uh, on both lists there was uh, Moses Odebajo. Um yeah. I'd definitely have him uh, at Borough, especially because we are in need of full-backs. Um, other than that, I think it's just I think we need to sign about four wingers um, and <laughs> build, kind of try and build around what we already have here. I think there are some people who in, in the squad already who could fit into this new team. Um, I mean, George Savile being one of them, potentially move him from left wing back into centre midfield. Um, you know, move McNair up from centre back to centre midfield, kind of build around that uh, Northern Irish centre midfield partnership there. 
but I mean, there's there's a decent kind of spine to the team. I think. I mean, even even like Flint and Fry at the back, like looking at them, Fry's got years to grow and develop, and I mean, he's already done well this season. Um, I think. I think Flint. I think. I think there is a player there with with Flint, but I, I think don't. he's. Uh, <laughs> I think he needs the the right coaching. I, I, I think. I, I mean. Karanka made Ayala and Gibson look like world beaters at times. I think uh, from having such a well-drilled defence, I think if if there was anyone uh, who I mean you'd think Pulis would be as as good as drilling a defence, but I, th- I think Flynn could benefit from that. Um, but I think mainly it, it's uh, full-backs and wingers. Um, I know I mentioned last week about um, kind of lower league signings on uh, on on lower fees and kind of a little bit more room to develop them and a little less pressure on them. I don't watch a lot of League One and League Two when it's on, um, but I mean Jamal Law. I watched him in the um, Czech Trade Trophy final. He did look decent in that. Um, could, could slot into our team quite well. Um, I mean, I, I also watch a guy for. Um, Walsall, I think it's called like Zelly Ismail or something like that. He looked good in that game, but he had no end product, uh, which very kind of Traore of him. Um, and I don't know if he just looked good because we're being deprived of wingers all <laughs> season. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, you not necessarily him, but you look at players like that in, in League One, um, try and get them to step up to the championship. Like I said last week, they're probably hungrier players, so I wouldn't mind. Signing a few wingers from from them or like the lower European leagues. Yeah, I think with if we were to bring in like say Mikelata a type manager, I think Aidan Flint would be <clears throat> would be worried a little bit. Uh, I think the and quite to be honest, quite a few players would be because uh, we'd be completely changing force of you again. Uh, it's not obviously it's, it's different from a kicking and heading type of style to, um, to a actual more possession style of football. I don't think Aaron Flint's that type of player. I think he's more of like just get let's just get rid of it. And, you know, he's just gonna wipe you out if you need to be. That's what you kind of need in the championship. But would it be something that Mikel Arteta would probably want? Probably not. So you probably want more of like a football and centre half like Dale Fry uh, to probably dictate that centre, the centre back. So you know, we'd also probably change formation a little bit more. You might see that the, the five of the back stay um, with three centre halves, and then you play with wing backs with fast wing backs, of course. Um, and then you've got like the centre midfielders there, but it's. It's the change would be quite a lot. It would take about three seasons to actually probably get to where we want to be, if that was the case. I think the reason why with Bilic is it's it's quite similar style to Pulis a little bit, but it's a little bit more forward thinking, and it's a bit more technical. Um, and the interchange between pass the, the defense between the midfield is is a lot quicker and it's a lot more inventive. Uh, rather than the Tony Pillars, ah, oh, let's let's just pass it to George Friend. Let's just hoof it up to a Sam Malone doesn't get it. Ah, uh, fuck it. We'll just hit the channels or something. If we don't hit the channels, then we'll just give up. Or we'll just score and then we'll defend for another seventy-five minutes. We'll just game. give up. We'll, ju- we'll just give up, lads. If we don't score the first ten minutes, I'll just give up to defend it out. Um, let's move on from that now. I think you know we'll move. We'll leave the majority of those for like future podcasts in the summer uh, when the transfers start coming in. We start getting a few more guests on. But Let's do our Player of the Year awards. Let's do our um, favorite memory or worst memory of the year. Um, by the way, if you do, if you are listening to this podcast and you are a Bora player, we do give you it. I'm sorry, we don't have a trophy or anything. You ju- <laughs> you just get the honor um, of being the Bora Breakdown Player of the Year. Um, Tom, that since you are 
well, I'm, I was going to say guess, but now since you've took Elliot's place, um, <laughs> um, who would who would be your Player of the Year, I think, for Middlesbrough Football Club this year, Van der Parra. Van der Parra. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's there's only <laughs> there's only one player I think you can give it to this season, Darren Randolph. Darren Randolph. Dana, you're the same. Yeah, it has to be on there. No, no other player that's kind of come close. Okay. Well, I was going to say Darren Randolph, but I'm going to say. No, I think yeah, I think Darren Randolph does deserve it. I think he's he's been the most consistent player this season. It got aligned itself with the club, the players, <coughs> and the fans as well. It's I'm not gonna lie. It's when your goalkeeper wins Player of the Year and you finish seventh, there's something fundamentally wrong. Um, but if out outfield player, I would like to say Lewis Wing deserves a, a good mention. I think he's been excellent this year, especially for the breakthrough that he's had. Um, I remember when he got released at Darlington, he got released by Neil Madison, of all people. Did he? He did. Um, so, it, to, for him to come back, uh, to come from Shildon all the way through the ranks to to play professionally for Mills Football Club, I think he deserves a, a big mention. I think he's probably my player of the year. Young player of the year, would you go Tav or Lewis Wing? What well, Lewis Wing could probably mention it again. Throwfield, yeah, probably go Dale Fry. Yeah, Dilfry. I was gonna say Fry as well. I don't think Tav has had too many games to be um, given a young player of the year, unfortunately. Fair enough. I'm, just like, I'm slowly dying here cause I'm, <laughs> I, I, for some reason. I've had a call that's come up from absolute nowhere, uh, from absolute nowhere. But um, favorite memory and worst memory of the season. Um, I will start with worst, and then we'll end with the best. Um, Worst memory of the season? I didn't even thought about this one. Um, there's been quite a few. I don't know. Where do we start? I'm gonna start for Brentford. Two one at home. Just you know, the, the actual the actual moment itself was when I walked out at one nil. Um, so where I stand in the south stand, I, I could you could see Brentford scoring for ages, <coughs> and I was just thinking, all right. George Friend's going here. Is he going to take off? Is he going to take Savile off down in or is he like he's going to like try and like sure things up a little bit? Coming off from those run up and I, British song along. I was like, what? I, I just I started swearing and this went. I was like, f this. I'm off like this. They're going to they're going to score. It's going to be two one. This. I lad next to me was like, ah, all right, and no bother. I was like, it's going to be two one. This and just walked off. I was stood by myself that game because Elliot wasn't there, so I was just like, um, anyway, I walked out and I just heard the cheer straight went off. Uh, I've checked on the halfway home too. One, I was like, "Well, mm. I was like, I'm glad I left that." But I also left like an absolute sidekick as well. I was like, "How oh, the hell did you know that?" Uh, but that was that was my worst memory of the year. So that substitution, that pretty much dictate that's that's pinpointed the reason why we didn't go up this year. That substitution. But I don't know. Was, I think any of those uh, defeats, you know, that six in a row, you could pick any of them really. Um, either, either game against Villa where we got absolutely smacked. Um, like I said, that that game, the Brentford game, the Preston game. Because usually when we when we go one 0 up, we have a really good record of keeping oh, yeah. that lead yeah. and, and going on a win. So I suppose that was a real sucker punch that that first one. Um, because I don't think anybody was really expecting it. Because it's like usually, like I said, you kind of banking on board to bring the points home when we when we go one in front. So honestly, there's there's a few. I've erased all of it from my memory now. <laughs> I think mine was probably uh, when we lost to Villa 3-0 at home. Um, I wasn't actually there. 
Um, I gave up my season ticket for that game because uh, me and my brother had, give, give up. <laughs> me and my brother had bought my dad's uh, tickets to a concert in Newcastle for the previous Christmas, and we were kind of walking around Newcastle. Couldn't figure out where we were. Walked past Lane Seven about six times. I think that's one of the landmarks where I know where that is. But um, we were just looking for anywhere to have something to eat, watch the match. Hopefully, it would be on. Ended up back in the train station. There's a pub there which was showing the match and. Uh, Got there just in time for the second half, just to watch Villa score another two goals. And for me, that's the worst memory, just because it's a lot of wasted effort walking around Newcastle looking for a place to eat, and then end up watching that. At the start of the season, I said that Millsborough would, wouldn't go up anywhere. We got a lot of stick of it, and I think the Villa game for me was like I kind of smirked to myself after that game. Just like I'm right here, we're we're nowhere near enough, good enough to go up this season. Uh, it kind of just clarified everything that we lacked. We lacked pace. We lacked an attacking threat. We didn't look good, and Villa were well. They eventually did go on a run at the end, but we just, I kind of knew from that moment we were never going to go. It was a golfing class, wasn't it? No, oh, yeah. It was. You could just tell like how good they were and just how how well they moved the ball, and you could kind of see well they're definitely going to go up this year. I think they're they're my favourites. I think they'll go up in through the playoffs this year. Um, and, and rightly so, Villa are an absolutely massive club. They, sh- they shouldn't even be in the championship in the first place, never mind. I think you can probably um, compare our progress against um, games with Villa over the last three years. In a pre season friendly against them to warm up in the, the Premier League, and we beat them with 3 1 or 2 1. Yeah. 3 1. Then came down, didn't. I don't think we beat we them beat, either. We beat them. We beat them under Gary Monk, we beat them twice. Beat them twice, and then lost in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and then this year, worse result in the playoffs both times, 3 0 both times. It was just, it just shows how kind of far we've fallen in three years. Yeah. You want to say something there? Yeah, because I just remembered that that um, Nottingham Forest game because I think after that, like <laughs> six in a row where we lost, I think it was important that after that, as soon as we got that first win, that we went on to win again and then we, you know, we collapsed at Forest. And I think that was probably the game where it, the final nail was in the coffin really and we kind of ruined our own chances because honestly with that, with that victory we would be in the playoffs we've, we've definitely ruined ourselves this year um, it's the way we set up uh, games and I think you can't always rest on a 1-0 win and you can't always defend it either uh, we've, we've done that far too many times this year um, and I think we've just been, we've been caught up and I think we deserve to go but what was your favourite memory to pretty much wrap it up when the season finished <laughs> <laughs> no um, actually I think it was against West Brom in February where you know we were 2-1 down I think it was and then British Ambalonga came off the bench scored two goals I think that was the most I've celebrated this season um, went absolutely mental at home <laughs> listening to BBC Tees um, and that was a really good game as well because not only did we score three which is rare um, you know, we came back from behind, um, and yeah, it was a really good, goal, uh, really good game. Well, I think, I mean, there's not many to choose from, but um, I think it's probably the second game of the season when we beat Sheffield United three 0 at home. I thought the week before when we just scraped a two-two draw with Millwall and came from behind to do that. I thought we were going to struggle this season and then that Sheffield United game was the point where I feel a little bit more optimistic about the season I thought that, I, did Ryan Shotton score that game or was it Downing that no, scored off Jordan. a shot and cross Downing get kind of ricocheted off his shin kind of thing it was yeah. a very strange yeah. goal yeah um, got the three goals there against Sheffield United at home I just thought alright 
maybe maybe it was uh, thought it was over too soon last week. Maybe it was going into the season with a negative mindset. That's when I was feeling a little bit more optimistic. Soon died off, but it's a it's a good memory. Fair enough. Uh, my favorite memory, and I'm surprised I mentioned this, but my favorite memory was when <coughs> Lewis Wing scored against Leeds. It was incredible. That as like proper celebrate that moment, and the beauty of it was my girlfriend's a Leeds fan. And just her face when I was just when we scored and she stood next to me and I was like fucking get in <laughs> and I was like oh, so happy um, she's got the last laugh and mm. they're in the class but so you know well. I think that was another worst moment actually when Calvin Phillips scored right at the end yeah, because good. I had two Leeds fans behind me and I was giving it the big in to them and then I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake, why'd I do that? Because I, I was like, oh, Damn it, Dana. I knew that was going to happen. I was like, oh, for God's sake, watch Leeds Sky in, they did. Taught yourself a third person, Dana, Dana. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. But, yeah, that's pretty much wrapped it up. Um, thank you very much for joining us, as always. Um, Tom, thank you for coming on. Yeah, I'm no sure problem. you probably won't be much of a guest next year. You'll be on probably more permanently and more frequently. Dana, thank you for the majority of the season. As always, but this is not the end of the board breakdown podcast. We'll be we'll be on throughout the summer. Um, I've got a guest on coming up in the next couple of days. Got Chris finally come on. Um, Chris played for York. He played for Annan, um, and he gives really good insight. Actually, he did play with most and a bad Joe at York City. Um, so he can give you a good bit of insight on that. He's going to talk to us about how how professional football is. And it, it's a completely different contrast. Um, growing up with Chris, it's it's really interesting just to see like. The completely different perspective because um, as fans we see something but as a player you see something completely different uh, it, it's a really good podcast I think uh, it's got one lined up as well we've got a couple of guests lined up too but yeah that's pretty much it so like share subscribe to the channel give us a 5 star rating um, helps us get found on you know, like iTunes and help more fans find us but Mills were finished 7th with the lowest scorers and one of the lowest scorers in the league at least have the best defence but is it Pulis in Pulis out the shake it all about do the Borough Hockey Corky it's turn around promotion next season Borough Breakdown's out Hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewellery and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. 
That's stamps.com code program.